episode number 40 of the Tartan Running Shorts podcast, hosted by Tom Bryan and myself, Kyle Gregg. So, Tom, how's it going? I feel like I haven't spoke to you for ages on the show. It's yeah, only been eight days. I know, it seems, for some reason it's been a long, it feels like a long gap since the last episode. Do you think it was just because we tried to erase the last one out of our memory because it was so, the banter was so shite? Well, I think that's yeah. I've, some people have said to me it wasn't as bad as we made out, but it was just I think we because we didn't have much to talk about. It was quite a short one as well. It was less than an hour, which is unusual for us. Maybe it was they were just everyone was just trying to say it in a nice way that yeah it was really good because it was so short you weren't rambling. <laughs> <this one. laughs> yeah, we got out of the out of the bloody way. But yeah, oh, no, it's uh we're we're back and we've got an exciting week again this week. We've got an interview for the listeners. We've got. Um, stalwart of Scottish running and uh, Fife AC long-term servant Graham Benison joining us for a, a chat about all things running. We've got our usual running rants, and there's been a bit more racing action, so we'll be talking about that. Yeah, it's been it's quite quite a busy week, I'm sure, and uh, hopefully we can we can hit the hour mark for this one. <laughs> yeah, it won't be hard, will it? <laughs> it won't be. So just to, just to give you a give give the listeners a. A kind of illustration of of Tom's Tartan Running Shorts headquarters for this week. So he's moved office. Usually he's in the sitting room, but he's all loud and proud of his night top on, his new headphones on. What's it say? Go. His night top that says Go Pre. Pre Fontaine, I take it. Um, right. And in the background, he's got. He's. I didn't. I. I didn't even see this. He's got a big. Uh, a, a collage of all his race numbers. I believe it's your race numbers, or is it? Both yourself and Fiona's race numbers. It's it's both actually. It's so, I, this is quite an old thing actually. So give us a tell us about your numbers. Tell us about so, number five to, five two. So that's a Benny Hill race. You've you've done a hill race. Yeah. How dare you, sir? How dare you? <laughs> with those so, knees, with those knees, Tom. <laughs> <laughs> so we've got yeah. There's all sorts. Two eight one. Two eight one is East District Cross Country 2012 Cooper. 101. The running shop, uh, Beach 10K. 129. I think that's the national relay. It says North Lancashire on it. I can't read the top. I see, I see there's one, uh, is a rat race one, 2228. Yes. And do you know what that is? The mighty the deer stalker. Yes. The one we did together, but <laughs> yes. not together. Yeah. Was that why it's up in the wall? It was, uh, one of the times that you, the first time you ever had a beer with Kyle. Yeah, well, actually, it wasn't memories. That, that memories indeed. So, yeah, so I've uh, I've moved into our back room and I've spent the weekend. I ran an Ethernet cable from the router under the house to the back room so that we can we can I can a get out of Fiona's way and b <laughs> uh, bring some high quality high I say audio quality maybe not quality banter but uh, anyway high quality. So yeah, so in a new new surroundings. That's it's, it. Sounds good. You've got a, you've got a light that's been pimped out as well. Purple it looks over from my side. Looks a bit yeah, purple. Yeah, a, a purple lampshade. Yeah. Wow, yeah, that's, uh, <laughs> the, the, this the is, this is this is sterling chat as to open up the show with. Anyway, well, I'm Kyle, sitting, I'm sitting on newspaper just now. Uh, lovely. I've I've, uh, I've painted my desk. It used to be black, but I've actually painted it uh, chalk white. Ooh, so uh, it needs another. It needs a second coat. So I'm I'm lying in a. I'm lying in a, a field of newspapers and paper, uh, cardboard everywhere. But, uh, yes, yeah, it's, it's a bit messy. But as long as the show goes on, the show must go on, Tom. Indeed, indeed. So so moving the show on, tell us about your week of running, Kyle. 
Here we go again. This is uh, the part everyone loves to hear. <laughs> <laughs> my my week. Well, I I never good week for me, Tom. I'm I'm not gonna beat around the bush. I'm I'm on a roll. Um, so that's good. So I had uh, I was actually in terms of mileage from last week. It was quite a low. It was quite a low week of mileage. But the reason being was I was going to do my my long 50k run on the Sunday. However, the weather was horrendous. I mean, it was snowing, it was raining, it was windy, it was just awful. Like going out and going out in that would have just been a no-no. So I went out and I actually took a half day off work on the Monday, um, and I ended up running 50k. So it wasn't. It was meant to be a, an actual session, a workout. So I, I went. I, I went quite, you know, not hard eyeballs out, but I went. I went in going going pretty pretty good. About I think it was about six. 13 per mile pace uh but i was i thought in my head you know 50k but 50k isn't exactly 30 miles so i was like right you know what i'm just going to sack off 50k and do 30 miles so what happens i get to 30 miles tom right i'll do an extra point zero two just to be sure that i'm going to make 30 miles in case there's a discrepancy with with my watch i'll make sure i get that extra 20 meters so i get home i upload it on strava what number does it come out in? 29.99. Oh, no. What is that about? Why does that happen? Why does it not just work itself out there and then? So that's my running rant for today, Tom. That's that's pretty harsh. But I think you should take... I think you can round that up. I think you will we'll let you have that one. Well, thank you so much for that, Tom. Uh, so so that was my... Uh, and, and, and I've got another rant. In fact, it's not really a rant. It's, a, it's some advice for all the listeners out there. Now, bear in mind... When you go out, I mean, it wasn't raining, it wasn't snowing, it was good, fairly good underfoot, it was a bit icy, but I went on the, the gritted roads, which was which was great. Um, still day, really good conditions for, for running a good hard tempo. Um, but one of the things I forgot to do, because obviously the ground's quite wet still because of all the sleet, and so your, your, all your, your upper body gets wet, especially the back of your the back of you gets really, really wet. Your your bum gets all wet. So I had a pair of running tights on. And I tell you, the chafage I got, um, a word of advice, listeners, make sure, A, you've got some lubrication between the, the vital parts, your nipples under your, your armpits, between your legs, your your gooch area, if, gooch. if you know what that's about. Yeah. So... So I didn't do any of that. So, but I also didn't wear. I, I think I recommended this in the last the last episode. Make sure that you don't wear cotton briefs. What did I wear? <laughs> a pair of cotton briefs, and I didn't lube up. I did none of that. So I actually had to take a pit stop at mile twenty, get changed, put some shorts on, and I couldn't find any lube. So I get I get the massage Aww. oil, put it all over my gooch, and then I went out again. So. I, I I know it's funny. It's it's not funny because it was bloody oh, trust, sore. Oh, it trust me, so, it's sore. funny. Yeah, it's it's not meant to be funny. This is, I'm just offering advice. If you're going to go out for a long run, a 50k run, make sure that you lube up well, okay? So those are you're wearing running shorts. Do you have a a little brief in those? You know, running shorts have got like a inner pants, a lining as they're called. Or well, I wearing... was wearing my running tights. So I, oh, I changed, sorry, uh, you're in tights, of course. Yeah, yeah. yeah they just got all. But I also had my. My oh, cotton briefs on. Oh no! Uh, yeah, I thought you had. I thought you owned underwear. Uh, yeah, I've got a couple of pairs, but I just didn't think. I thought it'd be okay. But... Oh dear. 
24 years of running every day is a school day in terms of the running the running book and so, so that 30 mile run which we'll call it 30 miles that I mean that is a long way how long were you out for uh, God, how long? Well, if you if you look at my lapse time, I was actually out for about three hours and sixteen or eighteen okay. minutes or something. Um, That's so, shifting. It was, I think, my my time was about three oh six, three oh eight, something like that. Okay. Um, so yeah, I was happy enough with that. I mean, the the, the eyes again. I, I don't know what the result is yet, but uh, the selection should hopefully come out for the the British hundred k champs. Um, but I'm gonna I'm gonna do it regardless anyway if I'm not picked if I'm not mm-hmm. picking the team. But um, so yeah, it was it was a good confidence booster because I wasn't feeling that confident going out just because of the weather, the conditions. It's it's really difficult to motivate yourself to go out hard, and uh, so I was quite yeah. happy. And it was it was undulating as well, but it, it, it kind of breaks it up a little bit. But mm-hmm. I mean, it's it's easy enough to to run on trails, but to to actually run on the road for that period of time is quite difficult. Yeah. Um, but yeah, hey, it's, it's, it's another one in the bag. So that was on the Monday morning. So that's brought my, that's going to bring this week's mileage up considerably week. uh, compared to last week. So it all balances out. And that's an, another word of advice for our listeners. If, if you can't get that day, don't worry about it. You know, if it goes into next week, as long as you get that key session in then, and, and, and not just a, a shitty little 5k run, mm-hmm. uh, you know, depending on what, people's goals are i know there's various listeners and uh who do different types of running but um make sure you get the key sessions in is, is what i would say and that's that was my key session i'm so glad i did it because if i didn't and i just thought ah, i'll just leave it till it gets better i'll i'll just leave it until the weather gets better then your mm-hmm. compare is going to be doing it in top. Exactly. i won't be doing it if that was the case so <laughs> exactly uh, it's yeah. a good. I think it's a good point. I once read somewhere about you know training. People get so hung up on this. And I've been the same. Your seven day, your weekly mileage, but to be honest, seven days is an arbitrary number of days. It's just it happens to be. It's the, it's based around a working week and weekend, and that's what works for long runs. But to be honest, I've read. I read a, an article once about retired people, and advice for them moving to a ten day schedule. Because in a ten day schedule, you can you can, it works out better in terms of space between sessions and a long run so it's you know you're absolutely right don't necessarily worry about oh, i've got i only did 50 miles this week but actually next week i'm doing 70 or 100 <laughs> because i've got a long run on the on the monday you know that's uh that's fine exactly yeah and i think another you know hint as well is traditionally people go for a seven day training cycle um well you know there's no reason why you can't do a 10 day training cycle yeah exactly do it every 10 days and Sometimes that would make it easier because you, you're saying, right, I've got 60% or 70% of those runs have to be easy. And then 20% have to be at this pace or at this type mm-hmm. of session. And then that, the last 10% is going to be considerably faster. It's going, to be, it's going to be power. It's going to be strength work. It's going to be speed, that kind of thing. So, um, yeah, so, I, you know, I think it just depends on, on you know, how, your, how your brain works and how you take it in. But, um, you know, I think having a plan, I, I've developed a plan i think i mentioned it last week um with, with lewis and, and he's had a look at it he's given me the green light uh, he's given me some feedback and uh and having that plan is so good for me because before you know there's been times where I'm, i've got no plan i've got i've got a goal i might not even have a goal i've got no goal no plan I d- i'm just going out and running mm-hmm. but now that i've got the the goal um and I'm, i've got the plan to lead up to those goals it just 
it gives you that extra bit of motivation as well. Does, so, yeah. Um, so again, listeners, get yourself some smart goals and get yourself a good plan, and uh, and crack on and get out there. I love it. Smart goals, specific, measurable, achievable, realistic, and timely. Very good, Tom. Very good. Look at that. Yeah. This is your lesson for today, folks. That's right. Lesson from Tom, smart, and a lesson from Kyle. Make sure that you don't wear cotton briefs in the long run. <laughs> yeah. So what on the so just to finish off on your training then. So the long run. What did you are you listening to anything? Or are you just uh, just you and your thoughts and your chafing? The, my chafing. Uh, well, I had a pod. I had a couple of running podcasts on. Okay. I'm not going to tell you what they are because then <laughs> yeah. people will listen to the Tartan Running Shorts. So. You're listening to Tartan Running Shorts, right? Yeah, exactly. Back, I was listening, back, to, uh, listen to that that um, that musky voice of of mine. <laughs> <laughs> I'm afraid not. I'm afraid not. I, I definitely wasn't listening to TRS, but I got some of the I got some dance hits on. Believe it or nice. not, I feel like a, a teenager again. Listen to the the, the latest uh, dance dance pop. I think it's called these days. Dance so pop. that was quite motivating. Um, getting some inspiration from my spin class I do on a Tuesday. Oh, uh, so that that I kept me bouncing along in the roads, but I had to watch out. There was a few gritters in the roads. I had to make sure. I that... no doubt. Yeah, Terrible yeah, weather so... at the moment. But the, the the roads weren't that good. I mean, I, I said the conditions were good, but the roads I was using weren't main roads as such. Uh, some of them were like they were kind of almost ma- minor main roads, if that makes any sense. A B road, I, I don't know. Um, but they, 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 it was just the middle of the road that was gritted. It was weird. So it was. Mm. It looked like a running track just for runners. So I'm running in the middle of the road and there's fucking gritters coming, <laughs> lorries going past me, beeping the horn and. I've got tartan running shorts in, and I've got no clue what's going on. And nah, that's not that's not true. I did have one. I had one ear, not one ear out, out. but one headphone out just to listen to the traffic. But the traffic, another yeah. another tip and recommendation for those runners out there is when it's snowing and when there's snow on the road because we've got crappy weather at the moment, folks. You can't hear cars coming. You can't hear cars. It's weird. It's a weird because the snow. I don't know what it does, but it just dampens, damp, it dampens got, the sound. Yeah, yeah. Mm. So just beware of that, folks, when you're going out for runs. Make sure that you're, you've got your wits about you, because obviously cars aren't going to slow down as quickly. If you've got your earphones in, you're not going to hear them. Uh, even if you don't, you might not hear them. So just make sure that you're looking about. And again, looking about means you're going to have to watch where you're putting your feet as well. Your feet as well. So that's my safety advice for you, as well as uh, my well-being advice. Quite right. The, it's, the roads are terrible at the moment. I mean, the the pavements in town here are terrible it's just a death trap to run on so you've either got to hit the treadmill or run to some street that you're confident you can run on the road and not be uh you know not be knocked down by a car because it's really the pavements are terrible around here absolutely terrible yeah i think so and leads us on nicely to speak about indoor running as well now people shy away from indoor running but i think you know some of the the hill runners the ultra runners i'm not going in a, a treadmill but if that's the only thing you've got, just do it. Just get it. Just get on with it and do it, folks. Absolutely. And you know, if you're doing an easy, say it's an easy run, like an easy, an easy four to ten k or something, just do it on the treadmill. I would much. I've in winter, I would always much rather jump on the treadmill, have an easy run that I know what's happening, than go out on the pavement and risk. Fall. Imagine you fall over and break your wrist or something. I mean, cheerio uh, training. Yeah. See ya. You know, something so stupid like that. You know, just. If you've got any safety concerns, you think I'm not feeling it out there. It's cold. It's yeah. slippy. 
one bit of black ice is all you need, and we've all fallen over in the, yeah. in the ice, and it's not nice. I remember yeah. walking to the shop one time about 10 years ago, and I had my hands in my pockets, and I was just walking to the shop, and I slipped in black ice, and I didn't take my hands out. I slipped. Uh, I didn't take my hands out of my pocket. I just landed on my nose. <laughs> I, didn't even my hand. I didn't know what I was doing, but I wasn't even drunk. I was just going for a, a wee walk to the shop, and boom, landed on my nose. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> it's it's big enough to to grow back, so it was, it was fine. <laughs> so wow. uh, there you go. But anyway, I think we're diverting to that. That's my training. Very good. Um, so and how long? Have, some... So and just for the listeners, end to put it into context. The next one for you is the British hundred k champs. Sorry, well, national first, then the hundred k. National cross country championships, um, and then no, that's a lie, Tom. I'm doing the Carnetti five. Hilbert. Oh, so you are. You mentioned That's that last in, week. Uh, oh, God. Is that next week? Must be, yeah. Yeah, it's next week. Jeez, I better get hill training. Oh, God. Um, it's going to be snowy up the top of the Pentlands, I think. Yeah, um, that'd be fantastic. Exactly. That'd be, it'd be great. Great, great conditions. Uh, and then two weeks after is the National Cross Country Champs in Falkirk. Mm-hmm. And then it'll be the British 100K Champs. So, again, it'll just be... Very good. Uh, Busy time. Yeah, depending on if I'm running it. As a, as an individual or as part of the team, but time will tell. But uh, regardless, I'll be running that anyway. So, um, so yeah. So Very other than good. that, Tom, that's it. Um, what about you? How are you getting on? It's. I'm afraid it's more. Uh, it's. It's just a. It's another depressing one for me to, today. We're going to get a violin or something out because this is just. It's. Uh, it's tear tearful stuff. Yeah, I basically I saw the physio. I saw our, our pal J, James Cruikshank last week after the podcast on the Tuesday, and uh, yeah, his his feedback was yeah I need to take a week off running. So what he thinks is that the my the pain I'm getting in my knee when I'm running is it's to do with the tendon not sitting properly in the in the in the knee with the where the kneecap is, and I've got probably a tightness on the. He's, if he if he does listen, he may correct me. But tightness on the outside of the leg, on the inside, the way I'm landing, I'm not really engaging the inner part of the quad. I'm locking my leg, so it's basically causing the tracking to not be correct. So I'm rubbing that tendon when I'm running. So it's a really, it's a muscle imbalance thing, which is the issue. And you can actually, what's you can see my, you know, the quads are, yeah, they're not quite the same size. The left one is a bit smaller, which is sore. So the long and short of it is, for me, it's been a week on the turbo and doing. Uh, quad strengthening exercises and the turbo is is mind numbing I went from being like you know I can get into it but so, so Saturday well I'm trying basically what I'm trying to do is and I'm certainly no expert but feedback that Fee had from Mike Johnson her coach last year and also you know feedback that I'm getting advice from, from Robbie from Fat Simpson is I'm trying to replicate my normal weekly sort of running sessions on the bike so I'm doing an easy day a hard day a, a long um, a long ride if you like to try and replicate it and I just find it difficult you know to do to do a I mean I did two hours on the turbo on Sunday and that was brutal oh, just man. but so boring and the problem is this is a this is a I'm ranting again ah, hey, I've had my rant you have your rant Tom. but you know what so I did a session on last week. I did a session on the. I did five by six minutes on the turbo on Wednesday. Thursday I did an easy ride for about an hour. Friday I did another steady ride for about an hour. Saturday I did two by thirty minutes at threshold. So I'm sitting with my heart rate about 160, 170 for that. 
uh, and the legs are killing me. Such a high resistance I need to go to for that. And then on Sunday I did two hours on the turbo, which was about 70k. And then oh. Monday, Monday I did an easy ride for about an hour. Then on Tuesday, so last night I tried to do a session, and my arse is red raw. Honestly, oh, man. I can't, I'm just I can't I couldn't face sitting on the turbo again, and I got on it. And you talk about chafing. My gooch is... It must be shredded. <laughs> honestly. Your gooch is bruised. My gooch it's is chafed. Exactly. It's bru- It's like so... I got on the... I sat down on the on that, that razor blade that is a, your road bike seat, you know. And I was just thinking, I can't do this. And I started going. And my arse was so sore. I was like, this is seriously bruised. So I thought, right, sod this. Came, came off it. So I'm going to give I, you... A, I'm going to give you another... I'm, I'm full of great <laughs> tips today. Kyle's from, tips. Right? Kyle's tips, that's what you can call this episode. Right, so I did an FTP test, and I don't know if I've told you, I think I've told you this, Tom, but Debbie set up set up an FTP test for me yeah. in, in the garage, uh, and it was a 20-minute test. I think yeah. it was about 20 minutes. Debbie, yeah. I did one. Minutes? So I did one myself. So tell me your number. Let's let's uh, put our sausages on the I table then. I can't remember. Wait, I think Debbie knows. Debbie? I want 271 and you want 269. I went, Debbie says I went 269 and Debbie went 271. I I reckon I was 271 and two, and she was 269, but she says no. <laughs> anyway, so what I did in the FTP test, now I'm, I know I'm waffling, but it's it's I'm getting to the point here, right? Yeah, yeah. I didn't sit down once. I just went on high resistance. I pretended I was running up a hill on the bike. All right, okay. So I just pretended I was running fast uphill. And I managed to produce, I thought it was quite a good number of watts. Um, but what happened was she left, she put on, I asked her to put on the Rocky soundtrack. And uh-huh. I came, she came back, uh, I was like, come back in three minutes to go um, and give me some encouragement. So she came back three minutes to go. And uh, I turned the whole of the turbo round to, uh, I think it was like 180 degree, almost 180 <laughs> degree angle. Just because I was standing up trying to, yeah, pretend I was climbing up a hill. Um, but what I'm, the reason I'm saying that is I found I managed to get my heart rate so much higher when I was more upright than I was just sitting down and, you know, okay. I, just could, I just couldn't find that I, I got it. I, maybe it was just my mind just didn't didn't want to, you know, go as hard. But for me, cycling up hills is, makes me work a lot work harder, harder than just sitting in my arse, you know. So, so I, next you... time you go for a two-hour cycle, just stand up the whole time, right? So what's interesting for me is because I've got this issue with my left leg looking not as strong. When I I went on the watt bike at work, so you're getting real time power and and whatnot, and it gives you a distribution on left to right. So I'm sitting oh, yeah. when I ride, I'm sitting sixty to seventy percent on the right leg. Oh, like really that's... heavy on the right leg. So I've been so anyway. So what I'm doing with James is I'm trying to work to to ride fifty fifty, and it feels like I'm riding one legged, because obviously my left leg is so weak. Are you doing any single leg stuff like I single am... leg cycling? Yes, I am now. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, so I guess what I'm and I'm doing a lot of a lot of uh, cycling, a lot of you know sessions, four by ten minutes, uh, two by thirty minutes, all these things getting the heart rate up. And what I find on the bike is to get the heart rate up to say one seventy for uh, which for me would be a kind of half marathon pace ish, I guess heart rate. I'm uh, I have to go to such a high resistance that my legs are really really sore. It's such a it's such a big ring you've got to turn. Anyway, it's 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 good and it's better than doing nothing, uh, which is what I did last night. Um, anyway, so to bring fast forward tonight, I did my first run in a week. I did 
three by one kilometer. Did you drill. run around in a circle with that weak <laughs> leg you've got? You'll be running in one one way. Be... That's I should actually that's a good idea. I should I should run around the circle anyway. Three by a kilometer easy, and it was all right. It's I think I'm on the right path now. But this is my question for you, Kyle, as a as a runner, as someone who coaches people, and as a pal. Um, I've had that's five weeks now of sweet FA running. My marathon is in ten weeks' time. What should I do? Well, you've paid two hundred pounds to enter the bloody thing, so yeah, exactly. You paid two hundred pounds for these Nike shoes you've got, so it's four hundred pounds to run this race. <laughs> Plus the fights, plus the and holiday. That, the, so shoes, the, the shoes, the shoes, the shoes can run at a different race. But the question is, do I? Like, I'm going to run the race. Let's be honest. Yeah. But how do I adjust? Uh, you adjust. I mean, you're doing the training. You're, you're training. Okay, you're training off weight, non-weight bearing stuff, but you're still doing the sessions that you would do whilst you're running. Mm-hmm. Is that correct? R- roughly, probably roughly. a bit lighter. Probably not quite. I usually I run about nine, ten hours a week. I'm probably doing. What are you doing duration wise? Cycling. Six. Well, you need to up that firstly, then. Yeah. In fact, you need to be because running's weight bearing. You should be doing a little bit more than yeah. the nine hours if you but want you to know what? It's, it's, it's hard though. I know. It's hours. It's hours in the day because I rely on probably three or four of my runs a week at work at lunch. So if I'm on the bike, I can't do that. And what time are you getting up in the morning? Uh twenty past six. Why are you not getting up at five? Ooh, fair. Uh, yeah. So get, I can get get. <laughs> I don't know. Get off Fortnite. Was it you're playing? Get off Fortnite. Stop playing that until twelve at night and get to bed at ten, and and, and get up at five a.m. There you go. For, yeah, that's so that's can, fair. Debbie wants a friend when she's cycling in the morning in the garage, so you can both hook up and go on Zwift and Zwift. ride on Zootopia. The problem is, it's a mo- it's a motivation thing though. Do you know? What? And I'm being completely candid here. It's when you get it's when the injury strikes. It's that. My mojo is gone. You Honestly, need to get back. it's you gone. Need to find ways of doing it, but I'm gonna I'm gonna put it out there now. You've got ten weeks now. A marathon block is twelve weeks, okay? Yeah. So you might have missed a couple of weeks, but that couple of weeks you're if already I, training. So assuming assuming I get running this week, yeah. So yeah. It, once I can get back to doing running, because do you know what? I, what annoys me is I want nothing more than just to do a to do a hard uh, go out and do a hard tempo. I would yeah. if I could go out right now and do smash out 10 mile tempo i would do i would love to do that but i just i can't and that's the yeah. frustration so i think you do I, I think you just need to play it by year you know you need to be um be prepared for both outcomes so the first outcome is you're not you're not going to be ready to run the marathon and mm-hmm. um, the second outcome is that you're you start running with pain free um, and mm-hmm. you're going to be going to the event feeling fresh yeah. You might not necessarily be in PB shape, but if you can get round yeah. in, in one one piece, then hey, that's fine. There's plenty of other events. Exactly, exactly. I, to no. honest, I think that's the most likely thing I'm looking at is that I go in undercooked, and I need to just go in and readjust what I'm shooting for, yeah. which is fine. It's the Boston Marathon, you know. It's a it's it's an experience as much as a race. So uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But there's there's, so we'll there's other people as well. I mean, I. I can't remember the names of some of the some of the runners, but they've been cross training for such a long period of time. And okay, a lot of them are full time athletes, and they get the chance to just, you know, cycle for hours and hours and hours. Mm. Whereas ourselves, we, we've got to go to work, so we can't put in that duration of of, of exercise. But um, but there's people out there who've who've come from being injured and cross training, not doing very little running and, and doing an pretty good decent half uh, you know event if it's a be it a 5k 10k 
half yeah. marathon, marathon. I have to check. I have to find out some of the names of them and report back. But there's people who've done it. Uh-huh. So yeah. Um, so obviously we're we're account. You know, you're giving an account of how things are going, and I'm sure a lot of other listeners are going to relate to that. So hopefully we've given you some words yeah. of wisdom. Hopefully, yeah. So anyway, I think I'm. Uh, the, yeah, I need to. I'm looking at my numbers now. Actually, I was eight hours last week on the bike, so that's not that bad, actually. That's all right. That's okay. Yeah, so that's all right. Yeah. 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 So, uh, anyway, so any should... listeners out there, give Tom some love. Tom needs some loving just now. Do you know? What? I need to. Uh, yeah. Also, the problem is, it's uh, all this. You know, when your wife is out running all the time, that's another thing that sucks. You see, you know what I mean. And she, to be fair, was injured last year, so I was on yeah. the other side of it, but. You know, it's uh, yeah. When she lights up on a Sunday morning, goes out for a run, um, that's a. Uh, it really makes you envious. But anyway, so, right. I'm gonna another question, right? <laughs> Similar kind of topic. Now Fiona's fine at the moment. She's getting back to, you know, after post injury, getting mm-hmm. 76, 76 half marathon. So, I bet a bet for you, right? You're not gonna be running until two weeks before Boston. And you mm-hmm. decide to do Boston. Yeah. What time are you going to do? And are you going to beat Fiona? So if if I don't run, for me, if, if, yeah, if it was that close, A, I'm definitely getting beaten by Fiona. And I think I would go and run like, I would go and run at like three hour pace or something. To be ah, honest. Ah, what? So you're not going to have a race with her? No, because I, I think if I didn't run till two weeks before the race, I don't think I would be able to run. I think Fiona could run seriously quick. And I don't, and I think that I'm, uh, you know, I'm not. I'm someone who, when I'm not trained, I don't. I'm not. There's not much natural talent with me. I when I've run well, it's off the back of a, a lot of hard work. Yeah. And yeah. I think, um, I think that would. I also, do you know, I wouldn't want to. I wouldn't want to off two weeks just run alongside her. Not that I could. Not that. Not that I could to be honest. about next year. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Not that I could. I, I don't know. We'll see. We'll see how it goes week on week. But now, for the first time, I'm starting to think about. Okay, what do I what do I adjust for Boston? But you know what, the the proof will be in the training. When I start lining up, and hopefully next two three weeks I can start running a tempo or, or sessions. And you know what, if a half marathon pace effort is not it's not going to be one eleven anymore. It's probably going to be the next few weeks going to be closer to one fourteen one fifteen. Then so be it. Yeah, I I think you're bang on, Tom. You've got a really good outlook. You the positivity in you oozes oozes from you. So keep anyway. it up and uh, yeah. Shout out to all the injured runners out there. This is for you. This episode. It is indeed. Anyway, I'm. I say that I know people who are in what in worse off injuries than me. So I'm being. I think that's one thing about injury. It turns you into quite a self-absorbed uh, individual. So enough about me. Enough about my tears on my injury. Um, there have been. There are other people in the world who are running, and indeed there was people racing this weekend. There was, yeah. So what did we have? Let's see. Where are we? Let's get back to, back to the racing. So with race the North results. Le- no, with the well, actually, I can start here. The the three k on the green was a uh, is a a, a week. Uh, sorry, a monthly three uh, k race uh, in Glasgow and Glasgow Green. That was in the January one was last week. The results on that way that was won by Alistair Campbell of Camus Lang in nine oh nine. Second was Jamie Clements East Kilbride AC in nine twenty three, and third place was Miguel Delgado Silero unattached of nine nine twenty four. So a pretty quick, reasonably quick uh, sort of club field there. On the women's side in the results, we had Lynn Allen, Kirk and Tillich Olympians in 11.13. Second place, Katie Donnelly, who is a junior. She ran 11.28. And finishing off the podium on the women's side was Gillian Blee, unattached, 11.48. So, 
Well done, folks. That's a Friday lunchtime, I believe, that, that race series. So, um, I, yeah, I think it's maybe quite a fast event. It is, it? yeah. It's, uh, is it every... It's not every Friday, is it? What Every month, is it? I think, yeah, once a month on a Friday. So keep your eyes on the Scottish Athletics calendar for that one if you're down in the Glasgow way. So there's, there's two cracking 3Ks covering the breadth and the well, the length of, of Scotland. Uh, you've got the Proms 3K in Aberdeen at the first Friday of each month. So this that'll Friday. be coming up this Friday. Holy moly. Yeah. So get yourself along to that. It's only a couple of pound tenter. So, and it's a fast field. I'm not sure about the conditions this on Friday. It might be a bit icy, but fingers crossed. Indeed. Yeah. So we ha- also had the Buckley 10K. Now, I believe this race always sells out. Mm, yeah. It's, it's quite a popular one. Here's a question um, for you, Carl. Where is Buck Livy? I think it's somewhere near... Um, oh, God, is it near Glen Eagles? Pass. Perth. I, 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 think I think it's so, near that area. Looking at the names and the results, I think you're right, but I honestly have no idea where it is on a map. Yeah, I think it's near nearby there, but I've got no idea other than somewhere there. I think it's, it's meant to be a really nice course, though, apparently. Okay. Cool. But that's all I know about it. So if anyone knows about it, please let us know. And it doesn't need much advertising because it's always full. But hey ho, it's good to promote these events. Uh, Jonathan Roebuck, I think he's been in the show before. He won the race in 33. Oh, here we go. Here's my threes again, Tom. 33, <laughs> 33. <laughs> Cheers for that, Jonathan. You know, I rounded it off to 33, 40 or something. 32, um, 32 59 would have yeah, that would have been a lot better for my my big tongue I've got. Uh, Stuart McGillivray, Dumbarton AAC, first vet. Well, I say I was gonna say his first vet. Uh, it, they're coming up in the results vet thirty five here. Now I disagree with that. I think it should say vet forty. So you're not a vet, Stuart. Chin up, mate. Um, thirty six oh four. Chris Moses, third Helensborough AAC, thirty six thirty eight. And we had the first, um, yeah, the first female was Jennifer Ann Wetton, who's coming back pretty quickly in 36.52. And then second female was Jennifer Telford, Scottish Prison Service. Where is that? Well, Scottish Prison, but have they got a club based anywhere? I think they, I think it must be like the RAF, you know, you ah, see okay. uh, an affiliated running team. Ah, yeah, very good. 42.51. And third was Christine Maholland. Wolverine Running Club in 43.54. So well done, everyone competing in that event. Fantastic. Another one this weekend, last weekend, we talked about last week, actually, that Kyle and I are both very keen to do is the Devil's Burden Relay, which is uh, held in um, Falkland. It's a, a relay event, four legs. Leg one is Falkland to Strathmiglo, a single leg, a single runner leg, and that's 7.7K, 150 metres climb. The second leg is from Strathmiglo to Kinniswood. That's a paired leg, 11.5k with 700 metres of climbing. Leg three is Kinniswood to Maspey Den, another paired leg, 11.5k again, 420 metres of climb. And then the last leg, Maspey Den back to Falkland, is a single runner leg, 5.5k, 390 metres of climb. So there are, uh, what's that, two, four, six, good maths there, runners in the team, covering a total of, what's that, 20, about... 30k so the results the winning we'll just go into teams only the winning team was westies men's a team they were a total of two hours 47 minutes and four seconds second was shettleston harriers men's team they were 249 51 so almost three minutes behind 
And third place were Carnetti Hill Runners, their men's team in 2.51.27. Now, if I look on, there's various results, but I'm not going to go into all the different ones. What I'll grab the women, which is the senior women, first senior women's team home was Carnetti Hill Runners in 3.30. Second senior women's team home was Fife AC's Wonder Women team. And, is that what they're called? Nice. Which is a fantastic name. Yeah. And third place was the Westies, uh, a women's A team in 3.45. So it looks to be a brilliant race. Loads of teams. I mean, some of these team names, I'm just going to pull a few of them out. Cause I, just fantastic. You've got Westies. have got a team called Brian Brennan's Elite Westies Selection. <laughs> Great name. Stonehaven Cat Dogs. Stonehaven Underdogs. We've got Anster Haddies, Haddies Speedy Gals. We've got uh, Fife AC. We've got a team called Windrum No Mates in there, which is what I think is quite good. Uh, what else? I'll give you a couple more. Falcon Trail Runners have got a team called Muddy Buddies, and Highland Hill Runners had a team called Team Tartan. Oh, amazing! So, I love it. Yeah, they were fair bit down the results, but next year we're going to see that, a Tartan Highland Hill, team. It's the Highland Hill Runners, you said. Yes. They actually do have Tartan in their running kit. They do, yeah. So big shout out to the HHRs. So right, here's one thing. Next year, let's we will put a team in. We need six. So listeners. There are four spots available on the TRS Devil's Burden Relay team next year. Now we would rather put in we would rather put in listeners. If we don't get listeners, we'll have to we will be approaching some of our listeners and guests. If our guest interviews, maybe we could get get a, <laughs> get the likes of someone like an Andy Douglas and a Robbie Simpson involved just yeah, to beef yeah, up I, the team. <laughs> I don't know what to come in our team. I think I'll get dropped at this rate. That'll be the nah, problem. I'll rub it all these quick boys. Anyway, so let's get a listener. Don't team be in my next, team. Next I time. always get lost. I'll put. I'll let the team down. I hate Do team you know, events. You, you and I can go in a paired leg, so you can uh, you can bring the. I just tell you where to run, and I'll <laughs> run, on, run on the baton. Or a three-legged relay. Yeah. Well, that would, I think that'd be that'd slow be. going. Yeah. Right. So that was a uh, yeah devil's burden. So uh, well done, everyone. That looks a, a really cool event. Yeah, it does. Um, there's quite a lot of things happening in terms of like the track is the track running as well. And um, so I'm just gonna highlight a few things that have popped in my radar anyway. So our man Andy Butcher was back running this oh, this yeah. week. Um, so. If any is any is no, we we did have Andrew Butcher on the show. Um, God, it must have been about half a year ago now. So, um, so yeah, have a look back on our episodes and have a listen to it. It's a really it's a really good interview. Really genuine guy. Um, and yeah, and really good insight into his training and his racing and his goals. And I mean that was at the the height of his injury as well. So, um, so yeah, it's good good to see him back running well again. Uh, mm-hmm. So he was doing the the New Balance Indoor Grand Prix and. Boston, uh, and he came fourth in the race, a stacked field in for the 3K in 7:46, uh, 2:34 at 1K, which is which is pretty pretty crazy to be honest. Um, I think uh, looking at the Scottish the Scotstats.net, really good um, resource for looking at some of the latest um, you know results in the Scottish athletics calendar internationally as well. Uh, at, I think at 2K it was the Scottish indoor best, which is a weird, weird thing to get. But that is weird, uh, yeah, yeah so it's, that was 508, so it's fairly shifting, I must say. Um, but also in the same event, we also had Guy Learmouth, who Learmouth, who's um, is an 800 meter guy, uh, 146.98, which is the third indoor all time best in in Scotland. So well done, to Guy. Chris O'Hare also was running the same event Andrew was doing, in the 747. So 
yeah, mm. just a little bit behind uh, Andy. And uh, Lindsay Sharp was also running in 129. So there you go. So there's been quite a lot of indoor running, Tom. Uh, yeah, there has, yeah. There's also a couple other ones. I don't know if you've got it open there, if you want to take over. I do, no. actually, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I do. We've got, so if you, uh, further field in Albuquerque, we had uh, Josh Kerr running at the New Mexico Invitational. He was 148 for 800 metres to win. And we also had at the... Um, the Emmer we in Vienna we had Ailey Doyle running at the indoor classic. She was in a, a four hundred meters, uh fifty three oh eight. So yeah, yeah, good to see Scots all over the place. Yeah, I think the standout one for me, however, is uh is the one in Seattle. Uh, it was an invitational indoor track uh, there. Um, yeah, I see that. Neil Gurley ran a one mile event, sub four minutes, three fifty eight, which is fairly <laughs> shifting. Uh, but is, yeah. Sarah Inglis, really good to see her getting a cracking PB. Um, yeah, 15.35, holy moly. That's moving, yeah. That so, really is moving. I believe Sarah's, uh, she runs for Lothian, I think. Yes, she, she does. She does, that's right, yeah. So, yeah, really good to see Sarah running so well. So, yeah, well done to Sarah. Um, I'm sure she doesn't listen to the show, but if you do, well done. There you go. And oh, I, no. a few other standout ones. Max McNeil, 14.55. God, there's heaps of people. Catherine Gillespie. Uh, well, Max was in Pittsburgh. Catherine Gillespie was in Princeton in U- USA. Uh, God, what else? Who else did we have? People all over the place. Yeah, a lot of lot of indoor running. On the on a more one reset results we were hoping to talk about, but to be honest, we can't because the result the website doesn't work, and it always I always seem to have this issue with the same series is the North League cross country. When you yeah. go in the results, it comes up with error 808 or whatever it is so to the, anyone from the north league listening to the show sort your website out <laughs> that's tom's tom has spoken even part even top running shots have got a website now i mean <laughs> and, uh, yeah let, let's get tartanrunningshorts.com isn't it yeah it is yeah that's amazing they, it looks so, it looks so good so i well, my my face on it yeah i'm a face for the the podcast me <laughs> that's why we do a podcast not a video not a, a live show so uh north league anyway i've been unable to find those results unfortunately and i don't i've got no idea who who won and who did what i, I so think kenny league, well senior men i think kenny was running oh kenny wilson john john Newsom was running uh sunny sunny mcgrath was was running um i just saw pictures but i don't know who won it see see the thing is tom's off strava you see yeah, I'm, oh yeah, exactly. Radio who's silence. doing well and radio silence, and I, I get that, I get that. So uh, yeah, I'm, I'm the one having to go and strava and do the strava stopping. <laughs> so I'm not very good at it, I'm afraid. So any results that you want us to, 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 you know, have a mention on the show, let us know because it's, it's a, it's, it's not a pain in the ass looking out for the results, but it can be quite uh, time-consuming finding them all. So mm-hmm. um, yeah, definitely let us know where they are and. Uh, and, and we'll certainly give us all a shout out. Good. So I think that's all the results from last week. Um, it's been a yeah a few a few good things on. Um, next up, we've got we've got an interview actually with this week with uh, with a man who a lot of you will know from the, around the scenes of Scottish athletics, uh, and I guess a lot of you may know him more as the voice at the the national relays. So Graham Benison, who is a He's been a long-time servant of Scottish uh, athletic. Well, I say Scottish athletics of Fife AC, a long, you know, servant, 
Um, he's he's a guy. He's from the northwest of England. He's um, you know really long history in running. Really interesting story. And now he's you know he he's he's been very much involved in Fife for for many years. And he he's the guy you'll you'll see him wandering around at the at the cross country relays with a mic in his hand, giving you an update on what's going on the course. So. I uh, I spoke to Graham this week and it was really interesting to hear about what it was like training back in the the seventies and eighties just as a, a, a as a, a regular club runner you know alongside some top guys and and what it's been like for him more recently as a as an official so yeah here we go Graham Benison. I'm really delighted to be joined tonight by a real stalwart of the of the athletic scene uh, Graham Benison. So hello Graham. Hello, Tom. Right, so I, you're well known to many of as the well, certainly my generation, the voice of cross country is where I really know you. And seeing you, seeing you on the mic at various East League and whatnot. Um, but if we just to go back and rewind the clock, tell us, tell us about who you are and, and how you got into running. Yeah, well, it's <laughs> 53 years worth, Tom. Um, I got into running really, I mean, being brought up in uh, a working class environment in, in Bolton uh, as a kid, there was nothing for us, you know, back then. Uh, you had the odd uh, run in the scout sports and things like that. So it wasn't really until about 1965 that I went away to college in London and found cross country that I got going. And then... Uh, Back home in Bolton in the summer holidays in 66, uh, my mum said, oh, there's a guy from Bolton, United Harriers, and and I've been talking to him, telling him that you've been doing some running in, in a college in London, and he'd like you to come up to the track. And uh, so I did, and that was the start of it. And I found myself in a maelstrom of Ron Hill, world record holder, <laughs> Mike Freary, UK 10,000 metre record holder, who became my training partner. And all world-class athletes like this, all within one tiny corner of Lancashire. So it was a baptism of fire. And um, you had to work, you, no doubt about it. Uh, I mean, initially... The road relays uh, season in the autumn and Easter with the be-all and end-all, because we didn't have a lot of the leagues around now, they were most important. And I remember going to an event, Longendale uh, relay, road relay, over in Yorkshire, and I wasn't in a team. You were expected to go if you wanted to get into one of the teams in the future. You're expected by Bolton to go and support. And at that race, you know, apart from Mike Freary and Ron Hill running in the Bolton team, you had um, Derek Ibbotson, you know, running for Longwood, mile world record holder. You had Alan Simpson running for Rotherham, uh, uh, UK mile record holder. you know, it was about to be a fire, and the standards were incredible. And you just, you just had to train. And uh, I started off um, 
doing four forty yards. We, we weren't uh-huh. metric back then, and cross country, and uh, worked my way up to I think I was twenty one when I did my first marathon, and then. In 1927, uh, I sort of was getting longer and longer in distance. In 1973, two of my Bolton teammates said, oh, well, you've been doing well at the marathon. Why don't you try uh, something a little bit longer? And so off I came, my first racing experience in Scotland, the Two Bridges 36-mile race, and had a good run there. And that led on to, oh, one of my books said, well, that's not really ultra distance, you know, you only start <laughs> ultra distance when it's 40 miles. So over to the Isle of Man TT, 40 mile race, and then the London to Brighton, and still, do, still doing uh, in, in the track, on the track, pulled in to do the 4 by 100 meters as well. I'd always <laughs> kept up speed work. And so I had, <laughs> had this incredible range of distances from uh, 100 metres right through to, well, the London to Brighton and eventually 100 kilometres. Um, but uh, so, that's, uh, that's and then, of course, as you get older, you get injuries and you get slower and, and things change, Tom. Um, you talk a bit about, so you did your first marathon there, you're saying it. At 21, it sounds like you're yeah. then running 100k at 100k. What's that? That must have been 22, 23. I mean, that seems, it's you know, and now it seems quite young to be doing those distances. But I guess you sounds like you held up, held up well to it. Yeah, yeah. It, it, you know, to do in 1973, the you know, to make my uh, debut at ultra distance. Yes, I, I was young. A lot of the uh, the runners were were a lot older, but. Um, I was training, you know, back then 100 miles a week and very often sometimes in in the week you'd be out at 6.30 in the morning getting in an hour before going to work and Sunday morning uh, particularly would be out at 7, 7.30 and for three hours or so, you know, and, and you, you got in the distance and... Um, Early on, um, <laughs> I could virtually step out of the house uh, to, a, to a marathon race and be guaranteed to do a time between 2.30 and 2.40. I had a whole glut of 2.30-odd marathon times. And, um, and then in 1975, you know, you, I think you mentioned, you know, perhaps races that you remember, Tom, um, in 1975, the Boston Marathon was yes. celebrating the bicentennial of the American mm-hmm. Revolution, and they invited federations from all over the world to send runners. And you had to apply. You had to apply to what was called the BAAB, the British Amateur Athletic Board, to be able to run abroad. You just couldn't go and really? run abroad in those days. And of course, you had to have a qualifying time as well. And Ron Hill and uh, myself and a few others went to represent Bolton. Of course, Ron had won the Boston in 1970 and, of course, record 210. And um, this was virtually the world's 
biggest ever marathon of that date. There had never, ever been a race where there was, I think there was 2,400 entries and about 2,000 or so finished. There'd never been a race like that before. And, you know, that, that was one of the most incredible uh, experiences of my life. And um, it, <laughs> and it, it felt so easy at the end. I was running so freely, and, uh, and that was my first time under 2.30 at, oh, at nice. 2.29. And, uh, you know, what an experience that was. Oh, fantastic. And what, I mean, what was it like, tra- you talk about guys like Ron Hill and... Um, and your 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 other training partners. What was it like training and racing with those guys? I mean, that it, it sounds well, it's just yeah, a foreign. Yeah, Ron wasn't a training partner because Ron lived over on the Cheshire side of Manchester, but was always there for the races. Okay. And uh, but I trained regularly with Mike Mike Freery, mm-hmm. um, the UK record holder for ten thousand meters. And uh, for instance, uh, Monday tea time was a ninety minute sort of fart-like session that was uh, very hard and very intensive. And then I, I trained with Mike on a Sunday morning until the days when I was starting to do much longer distances than Mike and would have to go start going out early. And uh, I trained with Mike uh, from, the, from the track in, in Bolton on the warm-up runs uh, too. And... Uh, and then there was um, also, it shows you the quality, a young lad, um, now how much younger than me is Steve, Steve Kenyon, of course, who was the last, oh, yeah. uh, who was, well, uh, before, until Mo Farah came along, was the last UK runner to win the Great North Run, and was, you know, a 209 marathon runner, fantastic uh, fleet, you know, and... Uh, yeah, uh, so we had young guys like that with us too. <laughs> <laughs> Must have been incredibly competitive, at, you know, especially north the northwest of England. Sorry, just towing a start line must have been a serious field to to run against. Yeah, we we for the road relay season <clears throat> on a Tuesday night, we had to do a three mile time trial around the roads at Leverham Park to be able to get into a team for the following uh, Saturday's road relay. On our quite casual um, Boxing Day cross-country, just a small cross-country with about 30 runners, you had Ron Hill, you had Mike Freery, you had Andy Holden, Olympic steeplechaser, who originally came from Preston, so a uh, yeah, Tipton runner, Tipton runner. So he was home in the northwest. You know, we had uh, a lad called David Lamb who ran for Leicester. We had Colin Robinson of Rochdale who had won the World Junior uh, Cross Country title in his younger days and was still a fantastic cross country runner. And you had all the people like that on a, in a tiny cross country on Boxing Day. That's incredible, <laughs> absolutely incredible. It's, uh, I mean, and and the thing, you know, the, some of those names are are serious names. Yeah. When one thing that interests me, obviously, this we all see in here, you know, the the real strength and depth back then. What would talk us through a typical training week, and how do you, and what is different to how athletes were training in the seventies and eighties to now, in your view? 
I think we were doing more. Um, as I say, on a Sunday, um, I'd be doing two and a half to three hours uh, over the moorlands in the in the north of uh, Bolton, as much off the road as I could. Uh, and then on the Monday, I'd be doing with Mike Freery and a laddie, Paul Campbell, who was ranked... Well, Paul was a junior, but he was ranked number two behind Dennis Coates of Gateshead in the UK rankings for steeplechase. He came up to Scotland once and won the... Um, oh, he won a half marathon, and he ended up doing about 2.19 and winning the Oslo marathon. Oh. And anyway, it was Mike and Paul and another lad, Norman, and myself on a Monday night doing this fantastically hard um, uh, fartlek session. Because Mike didn't train a great deal on the track, do sprint training and that, but by God, didn't he, did he push, you know, when we came to a hill on a Monday night. And then uh, Tuesday, um, I would, well, every day during the week as a school teacher, you know, back then, Tom, we used to have about uh, a dinner break of about 90 minutes. So I would take out the kids running um, over a mile and then I'd carry on myself and do another three miles, you know, <laughs> at dinner time. And then Tuesday night, it would be anything from a four to six mile warm up and then uh, track repetitions. Um, 2400s, I remember doing once with a lad called Eric Aslam, who was a English country internationalist who eventually moved to New Zealand. And uh, then Wednesday, I would generally do quite a long run home, um, possibly at least an hour to an hour and a half from the school home. Thursday, same again, you'd be at dinner time and uh, back to the track for another three, four mile, five mile warm up. And then track session, you know, repetitions, um, 300s, 400s, uh, um, pyramid, uh, working up, you know, 100s, 200s to 800s and all that. And then Friday generally was an easier time. Friday would generally be a just a 40 minute or so run with a couple of other club mates. Uh, Saturday, if there was a road relay, three miles very early on in the morning <laughs> at seven o'clock. And then when you went to the road relay, three or four miles, you'd run around the course. So that was three or four miles you did then. Then you'd do the race. And then you'd run around the course again, you know, yeah. when you finished. So just at that road relay, you might be getting in 10 or 12 miles. And then back to Sunday morning, you know, 20 miler. Nice. So we're talking, I mean, that's, uh, you know, I've read up about you and I know you're talking cons consistent 100 mile plus weeks then, big mileage. Yeah, I don't think I ever went over 100. I remember once going okay. out at half past nine at night on the Saturday <laughs> night because I'd up. up 98 miles for the week. <laughs> 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 and whatever it was later at night, I went out and did two miles just to make it up to 100, you know. <laughs> a bit silly, really. <laughs> Very good. One, of, you talk about races there, and one 
you know, well, the question I'm going to ask is what was your sort of favourite and what do you think your strongest distance was? But before I do that, you mentioned the two bridges. What is that yep. race? I've, I've, I've heard a few people mention it. It's not a race I, I've heard of and I guess it doesn't run anymore. No, no. Traffic killed it, Tom. It was a classic race. Um, you know, it's 36, just at 36 miles and 100 and something yards. Starting in the, the Pitt and Creef Park gates in Dunfermline and going through Kuros, over the King Cardin Bridge, through Grangemouth, and mm. on on the banks of the Forth, and then over the Forth Road Bridge. Oh, nice. Then you dropped off the bridge, went up a steep climb through Inverkeithing, back under the motorway, and finished at the Civil Service Club in Versailles. And there weren't that many, actually, Scottish runners back then that did it. There was a guy named Alistair Wood, who was very good. Yeah, yeah. And um, and eventually Don Ritchie, but Don wasn't... Don came a little bit later than me into Ultra. And But, my God, you had the Titton runners, you had runners from Epsom and Ewell, uh, Leamington, uh, Gloucester, and Southampton. It was, oh, yeah. It was fantastic, and so, yes, as I say, I made my de- debut in 73. Then in 1976, um, myself and two colours, we won the team race. But one of the highlights of my running career was in 1979. Uh, Titton decided that they were going to put in... They'd won the Comrades Marathon team title in South Africa. Mm-hmm. Um, they decided they were going to put in two exceptionally strong teams, which they did. And the Americans sent over the ultra-distance team champions, Washington RC, uh, I think partly sponsored because they've won the American championship. So, you know, the team event was going to be um, <laughs> a big battle between Tipton and Washington. No. <laughs> huh. uh, one of my one of my club mates, Alan McGee, who in 1977 was the British hill running champion, had done really, really well at the marathon. And he decided he'd have a go at ultra distance. Well, he, he did, Alan did struggle in the race, and he, and he finished ninth, I think, in this exceptionally strong field, international field. And then I came in 11th, and then one of my old colleagues, Tommy Park, came in about 13th, and we beat both Washington and the Tipton teams. Wow, <laughs> to, to win the so title? That was a fantastic highlight, you know. Absolutely, that's incredible. And you, what one thing that does strike me, you, you're talking a lot about teams and you're talking about, you know, road relays as if they're a regular thing. Well, road team, because team was all important, Tom. Because that's that's one thing I find a frustration for me now is there's, you know, as a Scottish club runner, we have the road relays, and that's the only yeah. road relays there are. You know, the, yeah. it would be nice to see that more and more because it sounds like that was quite a regular event type fixture back then. There were very many. There was a whole season, a whole season of about four or five road relays around about the Easter time and also the autumn before the cross-country. 
Um, we didn't even have cross-country leagues. They came later on. You'd have, you'd have the championships, the North of England, the national. Uh, but the only other things were inter-club matches. You'd have Horwich versus Lee versus Bolton, you know, triangular mm. wee matches. So the, but, yeah, the, the, the team was all important. And in Bolton, um, for instance, Mike, Mike was... Um, the most, Mike Free was the most incredibly talented runner. In the road relays, Ron Hill would do leg number two and would always break the course record, no matter <laughs> what race it was. Every For a few years, he'd break the course record on leg two. He'd hand over to Mike on leg three, who would then go and better the time that Ronnie had just done. <laughs> 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 and... And there was one occasion, this was how straight it was, Tom. There was one occasion when Mike refused for some, I can't remember what the argument was, he refused to run the Northern 12-stage championship. It was at Blackpool that year. He went along to watch. He was stood there, but he wouldn't run. So the next week, at one of the big road relays, the UK record holder for 10,000 metres was put in the E-team. <laughs> <laughs> Fantastic. <laughs> this, is, this, this is how street it was. And you see, what was different, Tom, was like, so the Northern Cross Country Championships, which are coming up this week and nothing, you couldn't just enter. Each club back then could only enter nine runners. The English National Cross Country, you could only have nine runners ah, in the right. team. So there's a trial you for You had it. to work your socks off to get into the team. And, you know, it made for an incredible standard. Because I've, I've often thought, you know, I know when I ran at Union, we had a, you, when you go to Booster, they used to do it, you would have the, an A race and then the B race. And I've often wondered That's at the right. National, at the National, that would be an interesting format to go to, having an A race with six or whatever count from each club, and then after that you've got more of a general masses race. Yeah. Yeah, it would be a good idea. I mean, Edinburgh University, last Saturday at Livingston, they, they poured out the men in huge numbers because... They designated it a trial for the Booster Championships coming up at Exeter. Ah, I see. You know. Interesting. No, that's a very interesting. Mm. Anyway, so you so you talked about the com that's comrades. Clearly, that's an incredible highlight. I didn't realise that was on your CV. In terms of your strength distances, I guess it sounds like ultra. That was where you really uh, you felt you were you were at home. Well, I don't know because um, I. You know, as you get older, you change from, from the early days doing 440 yards, 880 yards, and being quite strong at road relays, running three and four miles, and then when the metrics came in, running, being quite good at 3,000 metres on the track. Um, I mean, I think in that profile, which um, the lady from the West did, you know, it, it sort of... Like <laughs> one of the weeks, you know, one of the, the memorable weeks when it was my 27th birthday, just before when I did 
the two bridges for the first time. The previous Saturday, I'd done the Preston to Morecambe Milk Marathon in something like 2.34 or 2.36, something like that. Finished perhaps in the top six or whatever. On the Tuesday, so that was the Saturday. On the Tuesday, um, I did a 8.55 for 3,000 metres on the track. <laughs> and then the following Saturday, you know, did 36 miles to Bridges race. It's crazy. That's so it's very difficult, you know, to say, well, I was better at this, I was better at that, you mm. know. So obviously we are, our interest and my knowledge of you is, is in Scotland. So when did when did you move up to Scotland and, and what brought you to Scotland? Yeah, well, uh, initially, you know, we, we've come into up to the Two Bridges race. Um, I made a lifelong friendship with Dave Francis of Fife and Dave was an except Dave was a much better ultra distance runner than I was uh, at the marathon um, I'd always be ahead of Dave but in an ultra race um, Dave would forge ahead over the last few miles and always finish ahead of me and um, when the Bolton 40 mile race was first established Dave finished first we ran together until halfway around the last of three laps and then Dave went on to, to win it and I was second but I, start, I, I started staying with Dave and my family, we came up to stay with Dave uh, who lives on the outside of Cooper and um, with my family because at that particular time in our lives we, I'd had, had care of my aged grandmother for many, many years and the only uh, break that you used to you couldn't go very far away Tom and the only regular break that we used to get every year was coming up to stay with Dave and Liz near Cooper in August around about the time of the two bridges race so when my grandma died and my youngest daughter was born we needed another bedroom and we were going to have to move house and my feeling was we've been tied down for so many years why don't we have a complete change and so we moved in 1987 up to Fife, but I was still a head teacher in Bolton. I commuted for 19 <laughs> months oh. every week from Fife to Bolton, you know. And um, and Dave and I, I, I just I was a, a vet by then, and Dave was a couple of years younger, and uh, but we were still doing two and a half hours and three hours on a on a Sunday morning at seven o'clock in the morning, so it wouldn't interfere with family life, you know. Uh-huh. <laughs> Very good. And you went, so you joined Fife AC then, I guess, 1987, 1990? Yeah, I, I, I joined, yeah, yeah, I joined then, and um, start, sort of, what it did do, I'd fallen away a little bit from cross, cross-country in Lancashire, and it, it directed my love of cross country particularly at the East District League which is a fantastic league yes. you know and, um, and of course the Scottish Vets uh, uh, cross country championship and that sort of you know rekindled my, my love of cross country that's uh yeah I mean that that I guess the least league is a, is a great format for that and we've seen you now we know we see you in a in quite a you know very Official capacity in that, 
in the yeah, I get the impression, you know, reading up about you that through the nineties and into the noughties you really became a you know, involved as an official and, you know, various positions on, on, on a club committee. Tell us about those roles and, and what, what you what you got out of, of that side yeah. of athletics. Well, it goes back a, long, a lot farther than that, Tom. I think I organised my first race in 1966. Oh, right. Okay. And I, I, I was chairman of various school athletic associations in the south of England and, and in Lancashire and that. And then up here, um, I got into organising a lot of races and established quite a lot of races and became 5AC president and uh, honorary member and um, started helping Dave with uh, um, youngsters, you know, coaching youngsters and every Tuesday and Thursday night uh, in in the little village of Ceres where our family home was then, you know, there'd be um, uh, four or five laddies sat in my lounge waiting for me to take them down to training young laddies, nine-year-olds like Andrew Lemoncello. Oh, wow. And, uh-huh. <laughs> and other boys, you know. And, and Dave and I would uh, take them to cross countries. And, um, yeah, so I just about did every, I think, a virtual job that was uh, just about surrounding 5AC over the years. And um, sort of drew back from the committee when I started while well, I was uh, on a Monday night when they used to have the, uh, the committee meetings I was uh, teaching uh, at the local Elmwood College night classes oh, yeah. in, in introduction to drawing and painting uh, that night so I wasn't on the committee back then but I used to be on what was called the road running and cross country subcommittee which eventually faded away, but uh, so no, I was very involved in the in the running of the club, you know, for for many many years. It's funny you mention uh, series and, and whatnot because my one of my first running memories uh, as a as an eight year old or whatever, ten year old, my dad was doing the series the series eight, and cool. uh, I, there, there was remember there used to be junior races. I don't know if we still have them now, but there was a there was like a junior jog or something. I remember, anyway, I remember we did we did. Some years we had a junior race. Well, I, I moved to series in January 1987, and the local tennis club had organised a half marathon. Actually, it was about 14 miles for a couple of years, and they were backing out of that. And the community council approached me and said, "Could you?" think of a route and help us get a race going so I said yes and my training route (laughs) around this square of road became the Series 8 oh wow and the first race was held on something like it was the 2nd of September 19. 87, when actually because of the difference in the English and Scottish summer holidays from school, I was at home, you know, um, on the on the six-week English school's holidays. And, so, yeah, so that that was the uh, the first ever Series A, yeah. I mean, one, one thing I read a few years ago now, and I don't know if it's still the case, but 
Fife AC used to organise more races than any other club in Scotland or the UK or something. Is that right? Yeah, and at one time I did most of them. Uh-huh. <laughs> I actually, actually, uh, a number of years ago, not long after I moved here to this tiny hamlet through the ash, in sometime in the late 80s, I, say, I, I sat there and I thought, just a minute, you've been organising 20 odd races for 20 odd years, <laughs> something like that. And so I sort of began to take a, a bit of a back seat, you know, <laughs> and um, and uh, other people took over. Some of the races have gone by the wayside. And at the moment, Tom, I'm just restricted to uh, a, wee, a, school, a wee school's track meeting in, in June, which I organise, and uh, in remembrance of my, my lovely old training partner, Bob, Bob Stark. I, I organised the Bob Stark Memorial 5K at Falkland. Okay. Now, um, for prostate, in, to raise money for prostate cancer Scotland, because um, my old training partner, Bob, who used to, used to warm up with on a Tuesday night training, you know, he battled prostate cancer for three years. And there are other people that I've known, friends, that have unfortunately passed away with prostate cancer. So um, I was actually at the office in Edinburgh last Friday, and we presented a a cheque for £1,500 to Prostate Scotland. Fantastic. Very good. And, and, so the date's know, already penciled in for the 1st of December this year. 1st of December, you say? Yeah. yeah. Excellent. Okay, I'll, we'll need to keep an eye out for that then. That could be a good pre-East Districts race. It's a good race. It's a good social do. And uh, it's got a spectacular finish, Tom, because my, my friend Bob lived the whole of his 70-odd years in Falkland. And so our finish is within the grounds of Falkland Palace. And what a magnificent finish it is coming through the palace orchard where people are not normally allowed and then turning to the gatehouse for the finish, you know, Mm -hmm. the the spectacular Falkland Palace building, you know. You'll know Falkland. I do, yes. Yeah. People say, well, that's the most incredible finish to a race. And it certainly is. Fantastic. I'll need to keep an eye out for that one uh, this year then. And so outside of so obviously a huge role within Fife and you know a real servant to the club and a great example of of you know people serving their clubs and putting the time in. We also know you with a mic in your hand at the at various cross country races. How did you how did you get into that and how do you and and do you, do you enjoy it? Yeah, it's okay. Um, yeah, I could quite enjoy it. Yeah, I suppose it's it's just that that you know I've been reporting on athletics. Um, for many, many years, for DC Thompson's, been their athletics correspondent, even when I was teaching. And, uh, and before that, you know, I used to do a weekly in Bolton, and then for 20-odd years, I did the five weekly papers and all that. And you, so you're always keeping an eye and ear out for the youngsters, not just from your own club, from other clubs as well. And that helps when you come to the commentating because it helps when you when you you know who the runners are, you know. Mm. And uh, 
yeah, it's 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 quite it can get a bit cold at times. I, I can imagine. <laughs> Standing about, <laughs> my feet were a bit frozen at uh, Livingston last Saturday as the, as the day got colder and colder. And um, uh, the best is the uh, the cross country relays at Cumbernauld. Yes. Because there you've got a professional sound system, you know, oh, okay, yeah. set up with the, the speakers. And I run up that hillside about 14 times with a heavy battery pack and the mic. And so I can be in about three ah. or four places for every uh, each leg of the race, you know. And that sound system is so good, I think they can practically hear me in Glasgow. I think <laughs> so, yeah, it's... it's, it's uh, yeah, it's quite enjoyable. <laughs> That's cool. And you know, on cross country, so it it really is booming at the moment in in Scotland. What do you you know, I guess more broadly in Scottish athletics, what do you what are your feelings on 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 the athletic scene, the club scene, what you know, strengths of Scot of athletics yeah, in Scotland? Yeah, at the well, you know, I think as I've mentioned, I have fallen out with a couple of members of my club. I've not fallen out with the people in my club um, because basically. Uh, Fife AC is, is now run by a board, um, which I'm not totally in agreement with. Um, but um, you see, Tom, one of the f- most fantastic developments in our sport has been the park run. Yeah, yeah. The park run has been incredible into, uh, you know, recruiting people, getting people interested in the sport, recruiting into the sport. And my opinion through 53 years of running has always been, always, that today's jogger is tomorrow's club athlete. And today's club athlete can be tomorrow's international athlete, you know. Mm -hmm. And I'm afraid to say that the past two presidents of Fife AC in the past four years have never been to a park run in their lives. And um, unfortunately, the the club doesn't see, uh, seem to have lost a little bit of its connection with the grassroots mm. athletes, which um, I find disappointing. But uh, I'm not going to go on and on yeah. about that, you know. So part, <laughs> I think part when yeah, I I agree. Part is a great entry into into running and athletics. I guess my frustration sometimes is I don't. There's I see a lot of guys running park run every week who don't are independent runners and I think how do the clubs the clubs need to try and bridge that to get them from running part run every week to continuing to run park run but also training maybe with the club going to cross country meet so how how do you see that bridge being made yeah well I agree with you that you know I see that I see certain clubs um, from this part of Scotland They'll turn out vast run, numbers of runners at park runs and, and some local races too. And then, but they will not turn them out at the more important races, the mm-hmm. Easter Scotland Championships, the, the National Championships. And uh, to be honest, Tom, I, I don't know what the answer is because I've, I've over the years of try to encourage people, you know, to move up that little bit of level. And uh, it's, it's very difficult. Mm, okay. And what, you know, what advice would you give 
clubs in Scotland who are striving to develop? Mm, well, I would say recruit your grassroots runners. You know, get in there into the park runs, which I wish Fife would do, and recruit the grassroots runners. Tell them they're welcome. You know, you're not an elite club. You cater for everybody because your ordinary park runner can be, it's like I say, can be your next uh, good club athlete. They can also, Tom, be your next good club committee member your next club coach, Mm -hmm. you know, you have to reach out and and embrace everybody and uh, encourage them, encourage them into the club. And you have to provide, a club should be, all right, a unit for racing and competitive running or whatever, track and field, but it should also be a social element as well. Mm -hmm. And... um, Dear Francis and myself in 1988, you know, because there weren't many races around then, Tom. You know, we, we started off the the midweek series in 1988, ostensibly to bring club members together. Club members from St Andrews, Cooper, Glenrothes, Kirkcaldy. Because Fife suffers from being, you know, a geographically wide club. And... Uh, yeah, but any club has to has to have a balance of you know competition and I think social events and uh, some clubs have this and others don't. Mm. I think some fair fair points there. And what about more of an athlete? What advice would you give to an athlete? For example, I mean, I'm am an example. I'm I'm sitting at two thirty. I see. I look at you with jealousy of having broken two thirty. So, what advice would you give to? Uh, athletes and, and club runners in Scotland who are looking to continue to push on and, and improve? Uh, I would say do not solely focus on uh, one particular distance. If I give the marathon as an example, I sometimes hear people say, oh yeah, I'm going to do that marathon and I want to do two hours, 40 minutes. And I sometimes say to people like that, What's your best time for 5K? Oh, I've done 19 minutes. <laughs> I don't say it, but... <laughs> yeah. I think it... You need to get that down. You're not going to do two hours, 40 minutes. Mm. <laughs> if your best time for 5K is only 19 minutes. You know, you, it, <laughs> working at shorter distances as well as getting in the three hours on a Sunday morning, is, is very important. Um, Ron Hill never, ever drew back from racing particular distances. Years ago, I know Ron Hill on a Friday, Easter Friday, Good Friday, he'd do the Salford, Salford seven-mile road race. On the Saturday... He would do the UK's oldest fell race, the Rivington Pike fell race, on the Saturday. And back then, one of the few one of the few marathons on the go, he'd win the Huddersfield Examiner Marathon, all in one weekend. You know, that's, <laughs> and, that's incredible. And it, it just you know, it, and yet people say, "Oh, I'm doing marathon training." 
I can't do a road relay or a 5K race or a 10K race because I'm doing marathon training. I think that's a load of nonsense, mm. you know. Mm, that's interesting. And I guess the beauty of, you know, we've got, you know, you look in Scotland, if you're doing a spring marathon, you've got the, in the build-up to that, you've got East League, you've got National Cross, you've got the road relays, you've got, the, you know, there's opportunities to, to do that and to race yeah. through your build-up. Yeah. That's interesting. Very good. Well, I'm, I'm I'm conscious of the time, Graham. So I'm going to before I let you go. What we, we like to do with our guests is this uh, a session called fartlet questions. So I'm going to rattle out uh, questions, and you've got to answer them as quick as you can. If that's all right. Go on, I'll try. Right. So here we go. If you could run only one more race, what would it be? Boston Marathon. Favorite beer. 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 Yes. <laughs> For God's sake! Oh God! Um, oh, the, the, these bottled beers like Old Speckled Hen. All right, oh, okay. Black sheep, black sheep. That's black an sheep. incredible oh, beer. Good, good, good call. Uh, rest day or recovery run? Recovery run. Favorite um, after some of the early marathons, like the Maxwell Manchester Marathon, I was teaching in Aylesbury. Um, around the Maxwell Marathon in the Sunday morning. And then I'd be doing uh, half an hour over the Chilton Hills uh, t- uh, in the evening, uh, <laughs> you know, outside of Aylesbury. <laughs> <laughs> Very good. Favourite movie? Far From the Madding Crowd. They adapted the 1966 version adaptation of Thomas Hardy's story. Wow, we have not had that before. <laughs> uh, Cross country or road racing? Cross country or road racing? Gee, I can't really say for that one. Tom. I've just done so many, really, you know, over the years. It's 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 very hard, you know. Um, I used to like the, you know, the, the English National and the Scottish National Cross Country, yeah. and the Scottish National Cross Country today, uh, Falkirk is a fantastically organised event. Yeah. Okay, we'll let you sit on the fence on that one then. Pre-race meal. <laughs> right, all right. Well, doing before doing 2:29 uh, Boston in the morning, I had a huge stack of blueberry pancakes. <laughs> okay, right. I'll maybe tip, take your advice on that one. Favorite distance? Oh, that's awkward. Anything, anything from 100 meters to to ultra distance. Okay, more than yeah, I, used to, I used to like them all. Okay, running hero. Ron Hill and Mike Freery. Favourite shoe? Well, I've got to say Reebok. Um, right. Because um, we didn't have shoes, Tom. And, right, I'll ask you a question. Within 10 years, when was the first pair of spiked shoes ever made? Oof, uh, 1970s? 1890. 1890, blimey. By J.W. Foster of Bolton, who went on to supply the 1924 Eric Liddell oh, Olympic yeah. team with spiked shoes. His son, Joe Foster, in Bolton, made me my first ever pair of running spikes. And his two sons, Ron and uh, I can't remember the name of the other one, Foster, started a company. And they wanted a name for it in the look for the dictionary. 
and they saw the name Springbok and they thought, oh no, that sounds a bit like rugby. And they called it Reebok. Ah, I and did they not know that. gave me two pairs of shoes to to run in the uh, Boston Marathon. So I've always had a soft spot for, for Reebok. Nice, good story. Bolton United Harriers, Barnet and District, or Fife AC? Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God almighty, that's, that's put me on the spot, hasn't it? Yeah, and we're not letting you yeah, off with well, this you, one. You've got to say, for quality, for quality, you've got to say Bolton United Harriers. But okay. for the variety of races, uh, and, you know... You've got to say 5AC, haven't you? Okay, right, we'll let you with that one. Favourite training session? Um, I used to like the pyramid. Uh, The pyramid uh, track session of, um, you know, two 200s and jog, and then two 400s and two 600s, two 800s, and then back down. Um, Used to like that and really, really used to push myself in that. Okay. Favourite place to run? What, now or all time? Well, let's say all time. If you could run one place, where would it be? Hmm. Well, it'd be around here. It'd be places around series like the Hill of Tarvet. And, you know, A classic. around there. I mean, it's gorgeous. You, you can't get a better training ground than North East Fife. I remember the, doing the Tour of Fife three or four years ago and... Chasing likes of Ali Brocky and Del Rey up Pelotarvet. That's a lovely, lovely place to run. Yeah, beautiful. Um, and of course, it's in the kingdom. What? Yeah. Biggest or race that you wished you've done? Race that I wished I'd done. Oh God! I think I've done most of them. <laughs> 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 so many I've not done. Um. It would have been nice to have gone to a Commonwealth Games marathon, but I never okay. got that close. You know, I, I mean, I used to qualify. You had to qualify to get into the Commonwealth European or Olympic uh, marathon trials. Oh, but cool. then you had to do about 240 or 245 to even get in the race. And it would have been nice, but no, never quite got that good. <laughs> that's, that's a, I like that format, actually, having a trial race like they do in the States that you've got to qualify for. I think that's really, it creates a, I think it's a really cool thing to do. So. Yeah. Um, and lastly, but you've kind of already answered it, but I'll ask it again. Career highlight? Uh, Boston, the two bridges, um, finishing second in that, that track 3,000 metres ahead of a, uh, a field that had been splashed all over the Bolton Evening News and uh, I and another runner wasn't mentioned and we ended up finishing first and second. Uh, the Bolton 40 miler, the first one, um, winning um, a half marathon, the Swinton half marathon, so, so easily and so comfortably that I was able to practically glide off the last <laughs> three miles or so of it, having built up this, this massive lead at the halfway point. That was around uh, all along, out and back along the A6 in Manchester, uh, setting um, a couple of uh, cross-country course records, um, you know, quite a few race wins, little 
smaller race wins, you know, that, um, yeah, uh, gave it a lot of pleasure. You mean? Oh, bettering Ron Hill's <laughs> time in three road relays. Right. <laughs> You're making me feel very inferior right now when you're listing off all these. Fantastic. Absolutely fantastic. Well, Graham, thank you so much for coming on. It's been really, really interesting to hear about your running career and, and, and you know, your roles in, uh, in Fife since then. So, um, yeah. thank you. Okay, you're welcome, Tom. And uh, all the best for the rest of your uh, your winter yeah. training. How, how do we get to hear this, by the way? So, it's going to go on... Uh, I'll send you the link, actually. It's, on, it's a weekly release... And uh, it goes out on a on a on it's online. I'll send you the link where you could listen to it. But we've had uh, you'll be delighted to listen to some old ones. Please get involved. We've had who we had uh, Rob, Robbie Simpson was on recently. Charlie Bannerman's been on. Uh, Charles, yeah. A- Alex Jackson. So Alex, yeah. So I'll send you yeah. the link. Yeah. Well, I hope I've not bored people too much. Anyway. <laughs> no, not at all. Fantastic. It'll, it'll make people's uh, two two-hour-long runs fly by when they've got this in their ears. Yeah. Excellent. Well, thanks anyway, Graham, and I'll see. You, I'll come and say hello to you when I see you at the national in February. Oh yes, please, Tom. We'll do. Anyway, all the best. Thank you so much. Okay, Tom. Cheers. Good night. Bye, bye. One thing we wanted to talk about. We talked about about the the website uh, before you know before the interview. We actually we just want to say a thank you. We had so many after our plea last week, feeling that you know, oh, do we have do the do listeners enjoy listeners? the show? Do we, exactly. Do we have listeners? Are the numbers wrong? Do people actually are people engaged with the show? We've had a raft of of positive comments, of emails, of reviews on on iTunes. So to to everyone, and we can we'll name check a few of you. But thank you so much for taking the time to do it. It really means a lot to know that the show is being listened to, and it gives us a bit more kick up the arse to continue doing it. I I hundred I say I'm never going to say hundred percent again, but. I absolutely agree with you, Tom. Uh, yeah, really, really great to see those reviews, positive comments. You know, we like to see constructive comments as well, but uh, nah, it's good to hear that you're enjoying it. Um, great, a, a few shout-outs. I don't know the names of some of them, because, you know, everyone's got nicknames on iTunes, you know. But Ogie, cheers to Ogie for the great podcast of all the Scottish running banter. Uh, G, G, I don't know who that, Graham Bain? Graham Bain, yeah, Graham Bain, I, I think. Uh, great running podcast down to earth a good laugh and informative highly recommend thank you Dave19999 love this and hearing about races and what's going on in the Scottish scene great knowledge and banter uh, Bainzer17 love the TRS podcast <laughs> <laughs> every show is feeling fun and interesting running chat local national race news results worth a listen and we recommend for every everybody keep to give it a listen keep up the great work lads I'm I'm tearing up at my desk here, and I, I need to give it another. It's still wet, so I need to give it another <laughs> uh, second coat. So I better not tear up too much. Have you got it up there? I don't, unfortunately. No, okay, no, I... I'll, I'll do a couple more. Um, <laughs> Crack on. So I've got uh, Kevin Hughes. So thanks for. In fact, Kevin's going to be uh, mentioned again because I think he also gave us a little uh, a little running rant that we're going to discuss. Now, uh, yeah, this is a terrific podcast for all things Scottish running and more. Now, this is a bit of love, and I'm sure it was just a mistake, but Kyle and Greg discuss everything from the <laughs> road, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, so, yeah, really look forward to the podcast. It inspires me to get out and run. And I think that's, yeah, it's, it's, uh, it does make us, um, it does make us want to do it, I, I would say. Some, some cracking, uh, some cracking nicknames. We've got The Plod, The Chuck, uh, we've got The Chuckle Brothers Live On, 
There we go. I think that's Gold. us. Is that? Yeah, that's us. That's the title yeah. of the review. Amazing. Um, Barry. Yeah, Deck Puffer Fish. That's a cracking nickname. That. Um, Bob. Bob TT. You, you, you and Renny. Uh, Physio Run. Yeah, that's uh, that was a year ago. That one. So, oh, this yeah. is a great one. Twatty twat twat. Great podcast. Good running and a chuckle. <laughs> <laughs> that's Tom Smith. Cheers to that, Tom. Thank uh, you very much, folks. Really yeah. appreciate it. Really appreciate it. Thank you. Um, so yeah, again, if you haven't reviewed us, there's still time. You can review us any time you like. There's no there's no closing date for that. So the more <laughs> reviews and ratings we get, the more content we can give you to the show and the, the better quality it can be. So Indeed. excellent. Okay, so enough about that. What have we got else? What else have we got on news? So got any news? We do have some news. So you know, I've, there's some news. So I've just been uh, uh, some news on. Uh, there's been a fantastic bit of news announced. So the the world uh, ultra trail selections have been have been have come up for uh, for British athletics and uh, you know I was I like to keep up to date with, with you know with what's going on in terms of British athletic selections and uh, you know when I see the the team that's been selected there's a real standout name on the on the list as a as a first reserve. Uh, yeah, well, what what I would say is I don't I don't it's it's how you can see that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Damn, can't actually see my my name as a reserve there. It's a, I think it's all hush hush at the moment. So uh, yeah, I, I think um, yeah. So the senior men we've got Jonathan Albin. It's a really good team, I must say. Uh, Seb Bachelor, Carl Bell, Andy Davies, who's a, in the, he's been in the commies, a great hill runner. Ricky Lightfoot, who also is. He's all, I think in 2013 he, he actually won the the World Ultra Trail Championship. So, and uh, we've also got Andy Simmons who's based in France. Um, but yeah, yeah, I think for for me I'm I'm meant to be the the first non-traveling reserve in training. Uh, so yeah, take take that how it is I suppose. Um, but yeah, we'll we'll just see what happens if if I don't get in the team in the main team then there's plenty of other races to to contend with Tom. It's fantastic, mate. Well deserved. It's fantastic, and it's a well deserved uh, selection. And the good thing is, you're training for these sort of distances anyway. So you know, we know you can do it. You performed last time you were selected for Great Britain when you went over to Italy for the the same championships two years ago. So you know, the the selectors know that if something if someone does have to pull out, then you're the you're the man for the job. So yeah, Saturday eighth of June, you'll be ready, and I'm hopefully you'll be pulling on a vest. I, I, I never want to say, you know, anything about people getting injured, you know, but yeah, I mean, I hope no one does, but I mean, yeah, it'd be great to be in the main team and, and get picked outright, but here it is what it is, is, uh, you know, you've got to, it's difficult to make selections and there's a lot of people out there, it's a, it's a tough, it's a tough team it to get is. into now, so, um, but yeah, regardless, there's, there's other races that I can prove myself into and we'll, we'll just see how it goes, Um but yeah, uh, in terms of the the senior women's side, we've got a few a few standout names, Scots, yeah. a couple of Scots as well. We've got Jasmine Paris, who's um, who's recently been in the spotlight at the Spine race, winning the race outright, um, getting the record by twelve hours uh, outright as well, uh, male and female. So that'll be great to see her running so uh, you know doing so well and pulling on the GB vest. And uh, Charlotte Morgan, who was um second was it second first or second in the the world long distance running championships so good to see her in the team and well deserved georgia tindley 
uh, also is going to be returning back to the, the, the race. I think she was in the long distance one last year, the Mountain Running Championships. And uh, Holly Page, Joe Meek, and Katie Cars Sepestian, I believe. I can't. Should know. I should know how to say her name because she was in the team two years ago with me. So <laughs> sorry, Katie. <laughs> Um, so yeah, that's the team, the British team for the World Championships in Portugal on the 8th of June. Very exciting. But more on a road news, another bit of news that was shared on our, our Facebook page by Callum Crichton, who's a, who's a local listener. A, fa- a absolutely hilarious story. Now, listeners who listen to our TRS and Friends will have heard our debate over the, the Nike Vaporfly, and already tonight Kyle has been outing me as of having shelled out money for a pair of vapor flies, but there's been a guy which is quite entertaining. This guy running the Dubai Marathon, he was second place. His Keep name it hush, ha- hush. His name is Harpasa Nagasa. Harpasa right? Nagasa. I hope the Adidas guys aren't listening to this. Well, I hope they, they are. Not, they might not know yet. I hope Nike. Are, well, I hope Nike are listening because you might get a deal <laughs> off this. This guy went into. He was a 209.14 runner beforehand. I'm sure he was in better shape from training. But he's an Adidas athlete wearing Adidas kit. He ran 2.03.40, so he knocked six minutes off his time, which is about just over 4%. And what was he wearing? He was wearing a competitor shoe. He was wearing the Nike Vaporfly, but he painted over them to make it look like they were Adidas shoes. Of course, the paint is completely run off, so you can see it's a Vaporfly with paint <laughs> pouring off it. But, um, yeah, that's uh, that is really... It just shows how... How I mean, these shoes are the real deal. If people are going to that length, he's got he's a paid Adidas athlete, I assume. He gets free kit and he's choosing to wear a different road shoe. That's incredible. Uh, yes, yeah, it's uh, it's a bit baffling as well. You must have you must have some balls to 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 do that, especially knowing that he's he's going to run some you know a fast time like that. I mean, is there not something in the, potentially in this contract that? You know, might you might lose a lot of money from it, or I mean, what place, what position was he? Was he, he second? Was, he was second. I'm sure he won't get his bonus yeah. for that. I mean, that's a that's a phenomenal time, isn't it? Oh two yeah, or three. two or three. I mean, who is he? I, well, again, I'd never heard of him. So it's either the sh- well, okay. There's also there's a lot of athletes that come out of East Africa that I've never heard of and run incredible times. But he's either he's either in the thing is he's already run two o nine, right? So he's either in absolutely much better, much much better shape. Either the shoe really is four percent, or thirdly, he's on juice. Yeah. What about the winner? What was who, who's he? Who was that? Do you know? Good question. Give me two seconds. But I mean, I think. I I, I mean, I just two or nine to two or three. Is that not a bit? I mean, maybe he doesn't get the opportunity to to run fast times, and maybe he's an emerging talent. But two or threes. That was a world record a few years ago. And he was second. Yes. Yeah, and nobody's heard of him. Maybe, maybe uh, you know, I might be, I might be being, uh, what's the word I'm looking for here? Um, help me out here. Skeptical. Skeptical. Um, but like, uh, yeah, but you'd expect, I think you'd Dubai, expect to hear hear someone like that. Dubai so, is quick though. So it was one in two or three thirty four by Gitane Mola, which is the fastest debut marathon ever, apparently. Um, and yeah, Harpasan Nagasa, who's a his fellow countryman, um, so yeah, they're both Ethiopian, he ran 2.03.40, six seconds behind him. Uh, that's a five minute, over five minute PB, 
He's now the tenth fastest marathoner of all time. This guy, this guy, and what I don't understand is I'm trying to work out where his previous run was. Where's you know, when he, where where uh where Nagasa's N E G A S S A, but that is absolutely phenomenal to run that sort of time. So the question is, if you ran the two o nine relatively recently, you could argue that the the shoes are are contributing. Just the shoes, Tom? Who knows? How much money do you get for Dubai? I'm not sure. I can't... It's a lot of money. It would be, so, they, they pay well in Dubai, I believe. So, this, so actually, I'm really up to this a bit more. So in Dubai, so in that race, the top two men wore Vaporflies, as did the women's winner, who was uh, Chepna Getich. The runner-up who ran 2.17 did not in the, in the women's race. Um, and yeah, it seems now that yeah, this is the first time that we've actually really seen evidence of a of a non Nike athlete going beyond to paint or you know whatever and, and wear them. Wow! So, and you thought he would uh, get away with it? Oh man! But yeah, hey, I mean, I mean, surely... if they run two or three, I would do whatever I can to. Well, I mean, Absolutely. within within the legal limits, obviously. Um, and and I mean, I don't know what his contract stipulates, but yeah, we'll see what happens. But well, well I mean. I mean, to be fair, I think there's the Kipchoge effect. Kipchoge running 201 has now made 203.40 not that special. So if you've got people, if you put 10 guys who are, it would be a big run for them, but they could run it. You put them out at 203 now. They're not running, they're not out there with that mentality of, oh, I'm running a world record. So that might be an element of it that now it's it's almost normalizing now. And you've got, if you put 10 guys out there at every marathon through the year, the major marathon, one or two of them are going to hold on. Yeah, maybe, yeah, yeah. Wow. Fascinating stuff. That'll be you soon, Tom. You know what you need to train, you get your night zoom, you get your night zoom flies and you'll be bouncing, bouncing to a PB, bouncing to a sub 230. <laughs> Not this rate, I think I might have to, I think it might, might be an autumn one for me in the sub 230. Anyway, so that, we thought that would interest the listeners. Yeah, yeah that's interesting. Well, so next, what do we have news-wise? We've got a few uh, in terms of local races. Um, spoke about international ones. The Benahi Ultra. Yes. So that's, so that's... going to be a 50k, and I know this is um, uh, it's north north of Scotland heavy at the moment, but uh, you know it's a, it's an ultra. Um, you know you can anyone can come along to it and enter. So I do believe the entries are going to be open fairly soon. Um, I'm not sure when, but if you go to the website, if you just Google Benahi Ultra 50K, you'll be able to uh, check out the event. The event is going to be later on in the year. Um, it's going to be the one second. If I just check, Saturday the 12th of October of this year. Um, and it's going to go around the Murther Tap, uh, a few of the, the six peaks. I think they'll take in six of the peaks which make up the Benahi Hills, including Nithertat, Oxencraig, and Millstone Hill, uh, over 5,000 feet of elevation. So it's going to be a great, great event. So I think that'd be something to get your teeth into, Tom. Be you your fancy first ultra. Oof, I'm not sure. I'm not sure. I'm, I'm, I'm ready to go longer yet. I've got business to finish at the short stuff. What about you? Do you think? What you think about it? Uh, maybe. Well, I think it depends what I'm doing. You know, after, after the UTMB, yeah. Uh, I probably won't want to run for a while. <laughs> yeah, fair. But we're going to do Valencia. 
Valencia. Of course, is, uh, that's right. Yeah, Valencia in December. December yeah. So TRS might be a trip. Little, yeah, it might be a good wee warm up though. Yeah, that could be true actually. Yeah. Interesting. So no, yeah, that's. Uh, it looks like all the information you need is on their Facebook page, which we can. Uh, we'll we'll give that a share over the next couple of days. So you should see that link on our Facebook page if you're interested in in finding out more about that race. Entries open. Is it next Monday? I'm not sure. Um, I think it's Monday. You might. We'll, we'll share it over the weekend. Keep an eye on that. Yes, certainly. And we also have another one that's coming out. It's the Run Bankery. It's going to be a 10k multi-terrain race. And that's going to be at the King George Park on Sunday the 16th of June in association with SB Fitness. Um, so, yeah, that'll be good. It's going to take around the scenery of Scalty and Blackhall Forest area. So there you go. Get your yeah, get yourself entered into that. Um, there's going to be prizes, chip timing, goodies, and a, a unique race mug as well. I think the elevation rise is going to be about what 530 feet of climb, so not a huge amount. Um, but that's that'd be quite quite one to look forward to. One to pull with the the summer cobwebs. Do you know if I'm around and I think I'll I'll try and do that one because it'll be really good. It's just a classic sort of. It's a race, you know. You're not running a time when you look at that course. You're not running a time. It's just be there to compete. So, and uh, yeah, I think that's one that'll be on my radar. So, thank you to uh, a friend of ours, Kirsty Harper, who sent that in. Um, she's part of the organising committee, and to Rod Wallace for sending in the information about the Benahi Ultra. So, race organisers across Scotland, send us if you've got information you want us to share. Fire it over. We are really keen to to share that. Um, information about races and speaking of races we said it last week but the national cross country entries are now open so get involved and get in touch with your club organizing committees or captains whatever and get your name entered definitely and speaking about other national cross country championships we've got the masters cross country championships this saturday in hoyt yes hoyt hoyt of all places uh so yeah we've got a, a good good number of People going along to that and the Metro side. Um, some of the favourites, looking at the Scottish Athletics website, we've got uh, Charlotte Morgan, who we mentioned a minute, a couple of minutes ago, who's uh, in the GB team, running for Carnethy, so she'll be one of the favourites. Uh, we've also got Shettleston's Jethro Lennox, who's going to try and make it two in a row. He also he ran it last year in mm. his victory in Dundee. So good luck to the guys, everyone running in it from. 35 to the ripe old age of 90 to 100 plus, hopefully. Indeed. Good luck, everyone. So moving on from our that's that sort of races chat, we'll uh, close out with running rants. And we have a running rant, which we're delighted about. So Way, Well done, everyone. Get those run, running rants in. Absolutely. We've been, last week we were so sad not to have a running rant because, you know, we do like to rant on here. But, um, yeah, we've had a, a rant come in from... Kevin Hughes and Kevin, he says um, that okay, he's been running a local race on Sunday and he stood a couple of feet behind the start line, anticipating where he would realistically be regarding his finishing position. And it just about everyone else, it seems, stands in front of him on the start line, leaving him near the back. And the race just started. It was a trail race, tight at the start. And what do you? What happens? He's stuck trying to get past people in at, at bottleneck. So. His rant is, why can people not just figure out where they're likely to finish and start accordingly? Why does everyone need to push to the front? What do you reckon, Kyle? That's a, that's a, I think it's a great rant. Um, well, I think it's, it, it's two, two, way, two, two things I've, I've got here. Firstly, it's how you position yourself. 
against you know against those those control un, uncontrollable you can't control those con, uncontrollables. Does that make sense? Yeah. Um, but the other thing is the organisers. If you've got some big races, is you've got to the organisers can encourage or should encourage some of the runners um, to to stay in the certain time zones. You know. Um, now I know if it's a trail race or a hill race, it's very difficult to do that. But if it's a a timed event like a 5k, 10k, half, you should be estimating where you're going to sit. Even have a few signs saying. I mean, I know the the mass participation races like the Great Aberdeen Run, London. You've got time zones that you've got to be in. Um, now you could maybe start if it's going to be an issue, especially where it's you, it's going to be a, a bottleneck. Then perhaps an organizer should potentially have some sort of sign to say that because if you're one of the leading runners and and you go off steady then you're going to get caught and you you can lose a couple of minutes straight away but yeah. but equally that's part and parcel of racing tom you know you, you you go to the national cross country champs if you don't get off hard then you're going to get stuck behind some of the yeah. slow guys you know if it's a but, big big event so you so true. in that respect what i would be saying is to do to to get to counteract that is to when you're doing your sessions do strides do like a long run long easy run long hard run and do some strides afterwards and you might find that you you, you start to learn or you know teach your body to run hard and getting you know without getting into lactic debt lactic debt or lactic acid debt and all that kind of stuff um oxygen debt that's what i meant to say there so yeah, do that. The other thing is, this is a another, this is something that I do. If I'm if I'm in a big if a race is about to start, or you've got a couple of minutes, you've got to be at the start line. What to do is it, get to the front, do some strides, and then wait till everyone's ready to go, and then just say oh, and just tuck yourself in again, and that's you at the front. Now, obviously, not everyone's going to be listening to this, and they're going to be winning the race, but. Um, but yeah, for the for the frontline runners, that's something that I would I would do is is to just make sure that I'm I'm doing some strides and be, being one of the last to 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 go to to get to the front so that I'm not going to get bottlenecked, you know. Do you know what they did when I did the East League in what was it Broxburn in November? This I'd never seen them do this before, but I, I know they do this in some of these states run races. It's quite a narrow start, so they lined you up in clubs, single file in your clubs. So you've got as a club, you've got to make a call on what your order is. That's a good idea. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that's really that is really cool because cross country is in essence a team sport. Okay, I know that there's a you know a handful of five guys to ten guys are competing at the front, but ultimately we've talked about it before it's a, it's a team sport, and I like that. I like having it. Every club is entitled to one guy at the front, number two, number three, number four. So um, maybe that's something to think about. But just to go back onto onto um, onto sorry to Kevin's rant. I, I totally agree with what you're saying, Kyle, about the organiser can do more. But also, to a local race, um, a trail race, people, too many morons are going to the front. Like, are you are these people that concerned about losing 10 seconds because there's, there's not a chip time? I mean, use your heed. Don't, you know, <laughs> honestly, it's ridiculous. I, I'm, I, as I said this before, right, at Frankfurt, the number of people who are, going, who are pushing past me, and you I don't want to you don't want to judge books by the covers, but you're thinking you're running you're you're clearly not going to break four hours. <laughs> don't stand at the front of the front pen. I I, you know, I yeah, get out of the I, way. I think that's bang on, Tom. Now, I've been there before. I've been at the front. Maybe not necessarily in local races, but I mean even me, like I'm like, well, I'm not gonna be in the top twenty here, but I'm gonna stand where I think I should be and that might not be yeah. at the front. And I'll 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 you know, I'll accept that. 
And then you get like these idiots going in front of me. I goes, mate, you're not going to be beating me. You, you, you know, you can clearly exactly, see that yeah. person is not going to beat me. So I just give him a shove. No, quite fuck, right. No way, no way. You, you're not getting in my way. Bugger off and get behind me. And what, I've, I've yeah. done that before. Like I've gone, look, <laughs> you're not going to beat me. Get the hell behind me. And like I've, quite, I'm, you quite know, because right, your adrenaline's pumping, and yeah. you get this, you know, no, no disrespect to fat people. A fat person went in front of you and I kicked <laughs> off big time. <laughs> Get the hell behind do? me. <laughs> no way. Quite right. Oh. Do you know what I'm what I'm bad for is and I I hope the listeners will will uh will sort of sympathise with this and not just think I'm an I'm a, I'm a horrible guy, but if someone's wearing a football shirt Get behind me. <laughs> Honestly, I'm sorry. I don't care if it's a park run or a 10k or a city mass race, whatever. If you're wearing a United shirt or an Aberdeen shirt or an England shirt or whatever, get behind me. If, if you you're don't, wearing shites, get behind me. No, but seriously, if someone is going to a race, I just think if you're wearing a, if you if you feel if you're wearing an Aberdeen shirt, say at a race, surely you're not taking your running that seriously. Nah. But you don't have a running t-shirt or even a club vest. And I know that's very, probably bordering on elitist, but I would rather have I would rather have someone who was clocking at 20 stone in a club vest in front of me than someone in a <laughs> in a football shirt. But wait till the, the day that they beat you, Tom. You'll be eating well, your words. You, but you know what? That, this is why it's bad, because I've been at part runs in Edinburgh where the guy in a football shirt has run, you know, run sort of 17 flat. Which, that- to be fair, is it's all relative, isn't it? Because you'll get some, you know, some the guys who are running 15 minutes will think, well, that's super slow. But at the time, it was what I was running. So, you know. I remember doing my first, one of my first triathlons, and I was wearing my, my club vest. My I think run, that's a no-go, by the way. my running shorts on. As for my swimming trunks, I looked like a right idiot. I ended up winning. I, I, I think I ended up winning the event. I, I can't remember what I think of it. Did I win it? I can't remember, but... Uh, yeah, it was a short swim, so and I was cycling at the time, and running was well, it's running, so but it wasn't a big event; it was just a local one. But it's a bit like that, isn't it? You know, you you see this guy who's rocking up in his sh- running shorts and his running vest at a triathlon. You look at him going, "What the hell is he doing?" Yeah, he goes and smashes it. But you know, I don't mind if people are in in a pen and they're putting the right pen and they go towards the front of their pen. But the other one that's weird is when you see Aberdeen, Aberdeen, Great Run's a good example of this. They have, as you say, the marker saying sub 2, sub 130, sub 40, whatever the race is. And people who are clearly just not paying any attention to that, they've got a pink number and they're jumping in, say, the white pen. They're thinking, you, you, you're, you're not supposed to be here. You don't belong here. <laughs> get out of here. <laughs> Can't wait to see you doing. You need to get, your, get some selfies of you pushing people out your way. Yeah. Well, do you know what people? Listen, so I'm in the front pen at Boston. Now, if I don't, if, I, if my chuddy goes tits up and I do jog it, there's going to be a lot of people who are not so happy with me. People are going to, you, you know, you, if you haven't ran at all, you're tense, tense, and heavy than you usually are. People will be pushing yeah. you out the way. I'll be, I, yeah, exactly. Just enormous legs from doing one one leg squats. <laughs> You'll be hopping your way to the finish, mate. Yeah. Uh, oh dear. Yeah. Anyway, I hope that's answered your question. Um, well, it's not answered your question. I hope that our support has shown that you're not alone in thinking that, Kevin. And any listeners who do behave like this at races, sort it out. <laughs> oh me. Well, Tom, I think that rounds it up, doesn't it? I think it does. Yeah. Yeah. 
Well, the only other thing I was going to say was I've got some big news. Drum roll. You've heard it here, you've heard it here first. Not announced it on any of our social platforms. I'm going to be a dad in July. Woo! Amazing. <laughs> so congratulations. I've obviously passed you my congratulations uh, a while ago now, but on, I'm sure the listeners will share my delight. It's uh, a very exciting time for you. It is, yeah. I mean, it's a God, it's another life changer, isn't it? So, oh, it so excited. So this yes. podcast is going to go down the path. <laughs> yeah, you can have this crying baby behind and oh, it'll, be, it'll be fine though. It'll be amazing. So yeah, so that's my that's my news. So there you go, Tom. So uh, fantastic news. Yeah, it's very, I, I, it's I know. I know you've already, you know, you've already said that. So it's uh, thanks for being so surprised. So the the big the thing obviously that the you know we we spoke about when you when you told us and the listeners will be thinking this as well. How is this going to affect your running? Oh. How is this going to affect uh, well, I tell you what, let, the big UTMB uh, assault? Let's let's talk about that in the other the next episodes. Yes, there's a, t- well, well, a nice teaser for you. There you go. So I thought I was going to say at the start, but I thought, right, let's see how many people get to the <laughs> end. <laughs> yes. And, and listen to the exciting news. So, but yeah, so now I'm, I'm delighted. It's going to be uh, going to be so good. So if you would like to get in touch with us to pass Kyle some congratulations, or just to give us your running rants, or to promote your race or give us any information then please do you can get us on tartanrunningshorts at gmail.com our facebook is at tartanrunningshorts our twitter is at tartanshorts and our website is www.tartanrunningshorts.com there we go excellent so yeah thank you for that listeners I hope you enjoyed the show I think there was a bit more banter this year and uh, a lot more positivity (laughs) absolutely (laughs) and some exciting news everyone loves exciting news okie dokie Catch you next week. See you later, folks. Bye.